Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. In 2015, Stanford University student-athlete Brock Turner sexually assaulted a young woman. Over a year later, she, her identity suppressed, known only as Emily Doe, delivered a victim impact statement that would resonate with millions across the world. You don't know me, but you've been inside me. In newspapers, my name was unconscious, intoxicated woman. Now, in 2019, that young woman, no longer Emily Doe, is speaking out, ready to back the power of her statement with the power of her real identity. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Just a warning, today's episode does discuss sexual assault. So if that is an issue for you, you maybe want to wait for tomorrow's episode. It's January 17, 2015. Stanford University student-athlete Brock Turner headed to a party at the Kappa Alpha Fraternity House. There he meets a recent college graduate. She's there with her college-age sister and a few friends, drinking and having a good time. She leaves the party with him, but having had too much to drink, passes out behind a nearby dumpster. Two grad students are riding their bikes through campus when they spot Turner on top of the unconscious woman. I said she wasn't moving at all. She was, that's why we approached him initially. And then when I first attended her, she, I like, tried to shake her up. Nothing happened. Um, I shaked, she was alive and then essentially went over there. But yeah, she was never moving. Ten days later, Turner is charged with rape, two counts of penetration and one count of assault with intent to rape. The drama that would unfold in the court over the next year and a half would both shock those watching and motivate millions a world away. The court would hear how Turner thought his victim was responsive and that he would have stopped if he knew she'd passed out. He claimed he also had reduced responsibility because he was also drunk. There was commentary in the media that this kind of accusation could end his career, restrict his future options. He was, after all, a successful swimmer and had a bright future ahead. Then came the letter. In open court, Turner's victim, still Emily Doe at this stage, read her victim impact statement out in front of her attacker. Your Honour, if it is all right, for the majority of this statement, I would like to address the defendant directly. You don't know me, but you've been inside me. In newspapers, my name was unconscious, intoxicated woman. 
10 syllables and nothing more than that. I had to force myself to relearn my real name, my identity, to relearn that this is not all that I am, that I am not just a drunk victim at a frat party bound behind a dumpster, while you are the all-American swimmer at a top university, innocent until proven guilty, with so much at stake. You cannot give me back the life I had. That is the real Emily Doe, speaking on the US version of 60 Minutes, reading her own statement. We'll hear her read the rest of it when the story goes to air on September 22nd. But when BuzzFeed published the entire 7,000 words of that statement, it went viral. Across the world, sexual assault survivors connected with her ability to smash down stereotypes and assumptions people had about rape victims. That the fact she'd shown interest in him earlier at the party automatically meant she'd won it when she was blacked out and unable to give consent. That women are to blame for being assaulted because they drink too much. That a man can't be held responsible for his actions if he's been drinking. That a woman's sexual history is ever relevant to whether she's been sexually assaulted or not and that a judge should go easy on a sexual attacker because he's just a confused young college kid with his whole life ahead of him. At the time, Emily Doe also released a statement saying she'd chosen to stay anonymous to protect her identity, but also as a statement that all these people were fighting for someone they didn't know. She said, I don't need labels or categories to prove I'm worthy of respect, to prove that I should be listened to. I'm coming out to you as simply a woman wanting to be heard. Yes, there is plenty more I'd like to tell you about me. For now, I am every woman. But her statement seemed to have zero impact on Turner's father, who wrote a letter to the judge pleading for leniency. In it, he says his son's life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve, that it's a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20-plus years of life. It didn't go down well with the American media. Commentators tore strips off him. Sorry, Brock, that you don't sleep well after assaulting this woman. How is she doing? Does Brock's father or this judge understand there was a woman assaulted in this at all? My God, these are adults that are supposed to be leading and showing examples and an adult judge given us this garbage. And despite the incredible strength that Emily Doe showed, Judge Aaron Persky only saw Brock Turner in his future. He was sentenced to just six months behind bars from a possible 14-year sentence, with the opportunity for parole in three months. Persky, in handing down the sentence, said a longer term would have had a severe impact on Turner. The decision was met with outrage. The prosecutor in the case said she cried when the sentence was handed down. I cried. I was felt like I didn't do my part in representing her interest in the case because of the slap on the wrist sentence that he, the defendant got. This Stanford Law lecturer also said the decision sent a very clear message, just not a good one. This sentence is making all women at Stanford less safe because it's sending the message to women students, if this happens to you, you're on your own. And it's sending the message to potential perpetrators from the judge, I have your back. It's now three years later. Brock Turner's already done his time. And now Emily Doe has decided it's time for her. Time to reveal who she is. And so Chanel Miller has written a book called Know My Name, which will be released later this month. 
a book that claims will have people reassessing how they view sexual assault survivors. But why did it take three years for her to own her own story? Someone who knows the struggle with putting your face to a crime that's steeped in stigma is journalist Nina Fennell, the woman behind the Let Her Speak movement and a victim of sexual assault herself. Nina, what impact would finally outing herself have for someone like Chanel? I think every time a survivor makes the decision to put their own name to their story, it can be quite empowering because it's a sense of ownership of what's happened to them and taking that power back. So props to her and to every survivor out there who's made that decision to attach their real name to their story because I think it can be healing for the individual, but I also think it sends a really strong message to the community, which is sexual assault isn't shameful for the victim. It's shameful for the perpetrators who do it and the stigma should be attached to them, not attached to us. That was going to be my next question. So is that the major impact that it has on other sexual assault survivors is that it is slowly but surely removing the stigma away from them and putting it where it should be? Yeah, I think the message that it sends to other survivors in the community is that we shouldn't be ashamed of what's happened to us and that we have no reason to feel that we should hide in the shadows, that it's okay to step into the light and to own what's happened to us and to feel proud of the fact that we have survived what we've survived and that the stigma really doesn't attach to the victim survivor. It attaches to the individual who made the choice to deprive another person of their human rights. You're a survivor yourself. How hard is it to finally make that last decision and own your story? What's Like, I can imagine there would have come a tipping point for Chanel where she's just gone, no, I have to do this. But how agonising is it to make that decision? Look, it's different for every survivor. For some individuals, that can be an incredibly straightforward decision. For others, it can be a really complex one and one that takes a lot of time where they want to weigh up, you know, the pros and cons. I guess what I would say, though, is that we shouldn't make assumptions that it's always hard or hard for everybody because each survivor is different and for some people it's the most natural thing in the world. You know, they're outraged by what's happened to them and rightly so and they want to scream it from the hilltops and so they bloody well should. Like That's that's totally legitimate as well. But, of course, it's equally legitimate for people who don't ever want to speak out publicly about what they've gone through too. So what I would say is that we shouldn't treat survivors as a homogenous group because we're not. And what will be the right decision for one person may not be the right decision for the next person. And that's okay too. And it's also the right decision at the time. For Chanel, obviously, back then, it wasn't the right decision for her to speak out with her name, but now it is. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's. I also want to say it's not easy. So I was 23 when I went public and for me it was a straightforward decision, but that's not to say that it was therefore easy. It was something I wanted to do and I'm glad I did it, but of course I copped a lot of backlash in the process and I've had awful things posted about me online you know, lots of victim-blaming comments. You know, I remember one guy wrote, what a conceited bitch for thinking she's even worthy of being raped. The guy just probably wanted to give her a good bashing, in which case job well done. Like, And it's still happening to this day. I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, there was some disgusting comments written about me on Facebook of guys saying a guy would need three Viagra to rape me, <laughs> you know, like, and this is years and years on, and I'm still copying that. 
And, you know, that was published on Tina Aunt's Facebook. And you read that stuff about yourself and it doesn't make me question the decision to go public. On the contrary, it actually, for me personally, it steals my resolve that I've done exactly the right thing. And it makes me even more determined to fight back against a culture where sexual assault occurs and where victim blaming occurs. But I think it's important that the public appreciate that while it might be, in my case, it was the straightforward thing that I wanted to do, that doesn't necessarily mean it's without cost or that it's an easy thing. But, you know, if I had my time over, I'd still make that same decision. Chanel, we thank you for your bravery, but we do also recognise that this move will come at a cost for you. And until we stop assigning part of the blame to victims of this type of horrific assault and then shaming them for it, then it always will. Chanel's book, Know My Name, is out on September 24. Until then, we'll leave you with the words we already know come from Chanel's own heart, from her 2016 statement. To girls everywhere, I am with you. On nights when you feel alone, I am with you. When people doubt or dismiss you, I am with you. I fought every day for you, so never stop fighting. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.